Broadcasting from the Business Radio X studio in Houston, Texas, it's time for Regions Business Radio Houston. Regions Business Radio Houston is presented by Regions Bank. Brave the beginning. Member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Regions Business Radio Houston, presented by Regions Bank, member of FDIC. I'm your host, John Stacy, market executive and head of Regions' Houston Commercial Banking Team. We're broadcasting live from our Business Radio X studio right here in our Houston headquarters. And boy, Mike, is it great to be back for a second season and uh, to have you producing these episodes this season is just fantastic. So thank you for being here and I look forward to a great, great season here. I'm thrilled to have with us two great colleagues today, Amy Barentine and Barry Bobro. Amy comes to Regions with over 33 years in banking and 26 of those in the asset-based lending space. Amy, welcome to the show today. Certainly, you're a specialist in this space, and I believe you joined Regions about 10 months ago. Also with us today is Barry, Bob Rowe. Barry joined Regions uh, not too terribly long ago, about, what, six months in November, after 18 years at another financial institution where he headed up the capital markets team supporting the firm's asset-based businesses. Barry has over 35 years of banking experience with some of the largest U.S.-based banks, where most of his work has been in debt capital markets, and much of that has been related to the asset-based lending market. Barry's also on the management committee of the Secured Finance Network, the primary trade association for asset-based lending, and is the creator and annual chairman of Asset-Based Capital, a leading annual conference for the asset-based and middle market leveraged finance markets. In addition, Barry is a well-experienced podcaster. He's got his own podcast that he does called In the Know, so, Amy, Barry, welcome to the show. This is going to be an exciting conversation. Asset-based lending, I think, is becoming more and more important in the finance world to a lot of clients and prospects and companies out there. You both bring such a big wealth of knowledge to that space. So let's get started here. Amy, this would be a question for you. What exactly is Regions Business Capital and what does it do? So thanks, John, for having me here in Houston. And I'm really delighted to chat more about asset-based lending and what we're doing at Regions Business Capital. So asset-based lending is a form of debt financing that provides working capital solutions to borrowers, typically that have heavy reliance on assets, predominantly working capital assets, but we can also finance fixed assets such as rental equipment and tractors and trailers. So it is a specialized form of working capital financing that generally borrowers will use when they are growing very rapidly and there is a delay or you know a time that they have to actually collect their receivables and the cash flow. So it finances that growth. It is also a perfect financing tool for borrowers who are going through some sort of financial instability in their performance or cyclical uh, challenges that are facing their business. Amy, a point I would make about asset-based lending is that because the primary focus is on asset values versus cash flow, the structures are much more robust for companies that might be undergoing some sort of cyclical change or might be, in, a, as you say, in a growth phase, allows companies a great deal more flexibility than a traditional bank line. And so on markets, uh, geographies, why is Houston so important? Well, isn't everything better in Texas? 
<laughs> we think it is. We, we do some survey work uh, through the, the uh, at the Asset-Based Trade Association Secured Finance Network, and actually Texas winds up uh, annually as the, the second or sometimes the first most frequent headquarters state for asset-based borrowers. So the Texas market in general is a very important market for asset-based lending, and Houston, because of its proximity to the energy business, Houston companies are frequent users of asset-based loans. Are there any particular structures or, or you know term loans, revolvers that you come up with out of the asset-based lending group? Our primary product is a revolver. We will provide term loans as an accommodation, but because, as Barry said earlier, we will finance borrowers. We look to the underlying value of the assets and really a liquidation thesis of those assets that we will predominantly have a larger revolver and a smaller term loan. That does not mean that we will not do term financing. But again, because we will finance borrowers that have some sort of economic instability or performance issues, we will not be as aggressive with a term loan than perhaps maybe our peers in the commercial bank, John, like your team, that would be providing a large real estate loan. Barry, anything to add to that? I, I think you have to think think like an asset-based lender for a minute. The working capital is the primary vehicle for our financing. There's some exceptions to that. But if a company is very working capital intensive, it, it, and, and often that's a company that is just an inherently lower margin business, they wind up having uh, a lot of working capital per dollar of revenue. That's a perfect uh, situation for an asset-based loan because the amount that we can lend on that working capital winds up being a significant part of the overall capital structure. And so when you say working capital, Barry, you're talking about you're leaning against account receivables, inventory, not so much fixed assets. The, the fixed assets are also an important part of what we would call the borrowing base, the, the formula that determines borrowing capacity, but it, it's really much more focused on working capital. There's no hard and fast rule on it, but the, hard, the fixed assets usually are not more than 50% of the overall borrowing base. There's a delineation when we talk about fixed assets because, again, an an ABL facility or an asset-based lending facility is one where we look to the AR and the inventory and the conversion of that into cash. And so we will put fixed assets into the borrowing base, such as rolling stock. So think about a transportation company, an equipment, a trailer leasing company. Think about crane rental businesses or the, the companies that that rents scissor lifts and these, you know, those types of assets. But but putting a, you know, large real estate piece into the borrowing base is something that we don't do. And that's how we bifurcate it. What I found over time is that asset-based is often a very good companion in the part in the capital structure with some other type of financing. There's usually, if a company has a great deal of fixed assets, there's usually often another debt structure that is better for those fixed assets. And so you wind up with a combination of an asset-based loan and possibly a mortgage on real estate or, or possibly some public financing uh, like, like a bond or, or an institutional term loan that, that uses the fixed assets and provides more capital than you might get under a traditional asset-based structure. One of, the, one of the other benefits that borrowers see from an asset-based lending facility is because we're tighter to the assets and the monitoring that we do on those assets to make sure that we understand the conversion into repayment of our loan. The benefit is more flexibility with respect to covenants. Generally, we have one financial covenant, and in some instances, we have no financial covenants. It's tied to what the excess availability of the borrower is. So tremendous, tremendous flexibility as especially borrowers may be going through some sort of uncertainty. Additionally, ABL generally prices 
cheaper than single B? Typically, where you'd see a strong double B company price in other markets. So borrowers can get better pricing and better flexibility with an asset-based lending structure. There's some trade-offs to it. There's the monitoring that's attached. There's third-party collateral diligence that we do. But if flexibility and cost are important to a borrower, this is an outstanding financing tool that we can offer at Regions. I mean, there are, there are certain industries where asset-based becomes the dominant source of the of financing. I would use uh, retail as an example, building products, frequently refineries and, and, and pipelines and oil field service companies. You, you see companies, when, they, when, they move, when they're not investment grade or maybe they're small private companies, the asset-based loan is viewed as the, the best form of financing. It's, the borrowers aren't choosing it because they don't have other alternatives. They're choosing it because it's the best one. Great, great. Good insight there. We kind of understand what region's business capital does, what asset-based lending is. Houston's in a growth phase. As you all know, that's part of the reason you guys were hired is to kind of really add some energy and specialty knowledge on the on the subject. How do you envision helping our bankers grow Houston across the, the city? But then also, have there been any wow moments since you got here that proved, you know, not surprising necessarily, but really comforting to make you realize, you know what, I joined the right group. It's kind of a two-part question there. I'll take the last first because I think it leads into the first part of your question. So one of the things I feel that we do really well, both within Regions Business Capital and as we partner with bankers, is the collaboration and the focus on the client or the prospect and delivering a solution. I feel that we we try to be very nimble to support the clients and then also to support the bankers. So that is one of the things that I've found to be very refreshing. We we had an example of that yesterday where we we had a really nice opportunity come in and within a very short period of time we're, we're able to turn it around and it'll be a great win for the banker and for our team that's involved. And so that's fantastic because just being able to be nimble and and I think you know just the there's a layer of bureaucracy that it does not exist here. And so that's been, you know, really, to me, refreshing. I feel that collaboration is so key. And especially when you are a lending product within a bank where you're working with bankers that are located all over the country, being able to collaborate with them and, and the trust that they put in you to, to work with their client or their, their prospect is key. And so I just think the collaboration that I've seen at Regions across the, the platform is really impressive to me. And I would just pick up on one point that Amy made. We we are, uh, while we're a substantial bank, one of the pleasant surprises for me has been how how quickly we can actually work together internally. It's it's just inherently less bureaucratic because it's a, it's not the size of some of the mega banks out there. Decision-making can be very quick. And I think there's also a sense that uh, the business is building, that we have an opportunity to grow and, and build businesses in all of the markets that we're serving. Well, and we don't want to give away too much of our secret sauce, but you know, how do you envision as you come in and, and learn more about Regions Bank and what we're doing here in Houston and other geographies throughout the footprint, how do you envision helping the various markets grow? We have ABL originators that are, are located primarily throughout our footprint that work with bankers that are already in those, those footprints that have relationships, client relations, relationships, prospective client relationships, centers of influence. And so it's important that our originators be in market with bankers. It's also, we, we are trying to identify and help 
bankers who have never worked with an asset-based lending facility before to really understand what the facility is, what it can do, and who are the typical consumers of that. So we're also trying to identify opportunities for bankers that, you know, look, John, as you know, your bankers, they have a lot of products that they offer to our clients. And so my job and our team's job is to come in and be the specialist to help drive, you know, that growth uh, and just be one arrow in the quiver of what you offer to your clients in this market. I would go a step further. I mentioned earlier that uh, asset-based loans work very well with other types of debt in a capital structure. And I think I think it's, it's actually unusual to find a situation where the asset-based loan is the only debt in the capital structure. And what, what I would like to think is that we can provide a a range of alternatives to a borrower, which may or may not involve an asset-based loan and may or may involve other types of debt. And I think if we can lay out solutions to the to the client's problem, we're going to go a lot further towards building our own business. I'm so glad you said that because I am a huge proponent of what is called uh, dual pathing and opportunity. Generally, there are several financing solutions that we can provide to a client. What we should do as teammates, not just within Regions Business Capital, but broadly within Regions, is we should determine what are the best solutions that we can offer those clients and be agnostic in what we are going to show them. I like to say put the client in the center of the room and we provide the solutions and and think about what is best for them. That is how we as an institution win. That is how we individually win. And more importantly, that is the best outcome for our client. We're always out in front of companies. And how do you really determine if this is an ABL opportunity or a traditional bank loan opportunity? When we're laying out alternative structures for a borrower, I think what the borrower needs to to evaluate is certainly overall cost, and that's a blended cost, flexibility from a covenant standpoint, and capacity. And I think all three of those are going to be different for every borrower in every situation. So in terms of which would be the best application for the asset-based loan, I think you've got to really look at the client's needs along those metrics. You know, cost, flexibility are going to be important, but there's no perfect solution to every borrower's needs. But I I think that uh, the asset-based solution often provides the lowest cost, all-in cost, the the greatest flexibility, and and actually a long-term solution, not just an interim solution. But the asset-based loan will certainly have different types of reporting uh, responsibilities for the company, and that's something that needs to be uh, to work work through. But I would say this, don't think of it as an asset-based loan. Think of it as a covenant light revolver. And in a lot of cases, that is going to be the best solution for a company. We were on a call yesterday, and you made a comment during that meeting that often you guys, the ABL world, is underwriting the assets. Their mm-hmm. cash flow, yes, they have cash flow, but it may not be enough to support a traditional Correct. bank facility. So you're underwriting the assets. Speak to that a little bit. Yes, so our underwriting is focused on the assets. In banking, we look at your primary source of repayment and your secondary source of repayment. In your world, John, it's the primary source of repayment is the cash flow. In asset-based lending, the primary source of repayment that we underwrite to is the conversion of the assets. And what that means is we underwrite your AR, we dig in, we look at field exams, we look at your customers, your terms, we do third-party inventory appraisals to give us an idea of what that inventory could be monetized for in a short period of time. 
That is our underwriting thesis. So that's what we will look at when we're also meeting with clients or when you've got bankers that are in front of clients and you're trying to determine what is the best solution and should we bring in our ABL partners. It's also looking at the financial performance of that borrower. If you have a borrower that is, you know, their performance is down year over year and perhaps, you know, what's going on in the broader economy we believe and they believe will impact them, then absolutely we should be having an asset-based lending consult and conversation. But again, this gets back to, I don't want to ever think about siloing what is the best solution for the client. We should think collaboratively and agnostically because there is oftentimes more than one solution that we as a financial institution can provide. And I don't want to, I don't want to leave anybody with the impression that we are uh, in the business of frequently taking our customers through some sort of a liquidation event. That's actually a very infrequent outcome. But what we are very good at is is determining what the asset values would be in that scenario and, and what types of structure and monitoring would be required to make sure that that was the outcome. And when we do that, it allows us to lend much more confidently into companies that, that may be experiencing some sort of cyclical or secular change that, that, uh, that would make it harder to make a, a traditional bank loan work. Well, one of the things that we often talk about here with all of our bankers is, you know, when you're when they're out in front of clients or prospects, and most of what we're doing is prospecting right now, you know, the Fed's been raising rates. That's putting stress on companies' operating performance because their interest cost is more expensive. And it, it's really created some opportunities to move from a traditional bank facility where it has certain covenants to an ABL structure where you are, as you say, Amy, lending against the working capital assets. Can you talk about that a little bit? Are you seeing that across in the markets that you cover? Some stress because of, you know, higher interest cost. It's putting, you know, covenant compliance at, at risk, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you've got most of the, the bank loan market and the institutional market is on a floating rate basis at now SOFR plus some sort of credit spread. And SOFR has gone from effectively near zero, where it had been for many years, to now approaching 4 and 5%. And so the, you know, put the credit spread on top of it, and companies that were borrowing at, you know, 2% are now borrowing at 7 to 10%. That's a lot more interest expense. It's, it's putting a lot more stress on their overall capital structure. And I think that that's what we're seeing, uh, is that companies, their operations may not have changed, but their, but their, their coverages are under pressure, which is going to, depending on the maturity schedule of their existing debt, may actually lead to uh, some questions about what's the, what's the right refinancing structure. Uh, and they may be uh, missing financial covenants or in danger of missing financial covenants as a result of the coverage uh, stress. So I, I think those are the, the right times to be having a conversation about what's the right capital structure that resolves that problem for you and gives you the flexibility that you need to keep, keep running your business. That, that's exactly right, because we're, we're also seeing you know, with inflation, we have higher material cost, higher labor cost. And now we've got, we have a couple of clients here where their interest expense is almost tripled uh, from what they were, have been paying. I, I would add to that, John, last year from a syndicated asset-based market, there's some data out there that says last year was a record year. And it was because of a couple reasons. The first one was that between inflation and supply chain issues, companies simply were having more working capital on their balance sheet that needed to be financed. 
And the other problem was that the broader capital markets really experienced a lot of disruption last year. And so they, the companies were borrowing more heavily on their revolvers. So the record year for asset-based lending was really driven by companies needing to upsize their existing asset-based loans and draw more heavily against them just to finance the working capital that was, that was sitting on their balance sheet. You don't have to name the company, but do you have one or two examples of, of where you have done just that? A company has experienced some stress for all the reasons that we've sat here and talked about this morning, where you've been successful in, pri- in providing those solutions. Actually, John, we have. We have a deal, an existing regions client, that we have several existing regions commercial bank clients today that for all the reasons that Barry mentioned with the inflationary pressures that are going on, the higher material cost, which has been going and leading to a larger working capital requirement, that decided to move from a traditional secured borrowing-based structure into an asset-based lending facility. And that's one of the things that we're really focused on, making certain that not only we get in front of and talk about this with prospective clients, but they're all, that we're also mindful of this with our existing customers throughout the commercial bank that if ABL can be a better financing solution. So there's quite a few that we have right now that are in some stage of underwriting and closing. Keeping you busy, huh? Very busy, and we're excited about it. In the current environment, there's data that would suggest that that uh, a lot of banks are tightening their view on credit. And I think that uh, one of the nice things about that I've experienced in being with Regents is that we have a, a very strong balance sheet. We have a robust uh, liquidity position. And I think that uh, we're, we're able to provide liquidity when uh, what I observe is that a lot of banks are pulling away from it. Yeah, I have conversations with my counterparts with a lot of banks here in Houston, and they're definitely tapping the brakes. But I, you know, from our perspective, Regents Bank, we're in business and uh, let's go win some more. As we get ready to close out here, how important is it in your minds to have the right coverage team? We talked a little bit a minute ago about the dual coverage where you have an in-market banker and then they bring in a specialist. How important do you think that is? Critically important. And the reason it's important is borrowers have needs that are not only a credit facility. And having bankers that are in market know those clients can bring to them all the other products that we as a financial institution offer, I think, is really important. So again, collaborating not only internally, but collaborating with our client to offer what products and services could be good for them. You know, John, you and I were on a call yesterday, and we talked to the client and found out they had a lot of equipment finance needs. And so, you know, it's incumbent upon not just, in my opinion, the relationship managers in the field, it's also incumbent upon my originators where they're in market to identify what other products does this client need that we could perhaps help them with. Getting back to you earlier, that it's wonderful to be aligned with an institution that is open for business and wants to support growth in their markets. We respond to every day to RFPs from borrowers, you know, give me a term sheet. And we do that and we can do it very competitively. But I think the better situation to be in is one where the company hasn't put that RFP together yet, where we can actually get in there and say, have you thought about the following, you know, here's let's let's look around the corner for what might be coming your way and talk about some alternatives that and and give us a chance to add even more value than just providing a term sheet. Amy, you mentioned our the meeting that we were in yesterday. I was smiling on the inside pretty big when I watched you start almost cross-selling away from ABL when we when we picked up on they have a lot of equipment needs. Uh, I started smiling big and I thought this is really a big benefit of having, you know, several ears and eyes in on this conversation. So thank you for doing that. I appreciate thank you helping that out. Well, listen, as we as we close this out, any final words, Barry, I'll go to you first. 
I've had a great time since joining the bank, and I look forward to meeting more of my teammates and, and working with them on their clients. Amy, I know you're not short on words. I know. that's Brevity's never been my friend. Everyone says that about me. You know, I really enjoy getting into the markets, meeting with bankers, help bankers and their clients understand what is and is not maybe an asset-based lending facility. I would welcome opportunities to meet with our clients and our prospects to to talk more about how asset-based lending as just one tool could be helpful in their overall capital structure. Well, I, I think you and I are going to go do that here exactly. in just a few minutes here. Exactly. So I'd like to thank both Amy and Barry for taking uh, the time out of their busy schedules. I know you, you travel a lot, so thank you for joining us here. And certainly want to thank my producer, Mike Salmon. Always fun to do these podcasts with you, Mike. But most importantly, I want to thank our listeners to Regions Business Radio Houston, presented by Regions Bank, member of FDIC. You can enjoy our episodes anytime by visiting businessradiox.com and selecting the Houston studio, and then click on Regions Business Radio. This program is also available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you enjoy your favorite podcasts. Please be sure to subscribe to the program so you don't miss any of our future episodes. We do have eight this season, which I keep saying I'm excited to do. So, friends, I'm John Stacy, and you've been listening to Regions Business Radio Houston on Business Radio X. Have a great day. Regions Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This information is general in nature and is not intended to be accounting, legal, tax, investment, or financial advice. Regions believes this information to be accurate when recorded, but it cannot ensure that it will remain up to date. Consult an appropriate professional concerning your specific situation. The information should not be construed as a recommendation of a specific course of action for any individual or business. All Regions products and services are subject to qualification requirements, terms, conditions, fees, and credit approval. 